1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, a special edition of the CBS Evening News from here in Maui, where the Lahaina wildfire is now America's deadliest in more than a century. As the death toll grows, so does the anger. The new questions tonight about what happened and the threat isn't over. Here are tonight's headlines to see how much of the landscape has been charred. The town just totally wiped out. Our visit to historic Lahaina, now in ruins, nothing but ashes. It's like an ashen moonscape. Every single house, almost every single tree, and it goes on like this for block after block after block. We speak with survivors as a community waits for news about their loved ones.
1: I do expect the numbers to rise.
2: Hey, heads up, the line is live on the ground right there. Tonight, the new video about what may have caused the fire and the stories of desperation to get out alive.
3: One of the island's most famous longtime residents, Oprah Winfrey, she spent the past several days doing what she could to provide emotional comfort and physical aid to one of the hardest hit areas.
4: You're for something.
5: You're
3: good. It you seem like you don't realize it yet, but you're here. You're good. You've made it through.
5: President Donald Trump could be facing a fourth indictment as early as this week.
3: We don't take plea deals because I did nothing
2: wrong. Blindsided, hear why the NFL star and subject of an Oscar-winning movie is suing his own family. And what one survivor told us about the beauty of Maui and its people. Good evening, we are live tonight from here in Maui, where this community is devastated and we should note it is not out of danger. There are still fires burning and residents are worried about what's to come with more storms and high winds possible. The embers not far from where we are tonight in Kula are still smoldering, linemen working to restore power. Well, today, more members of the National Guard activated to help. And this just in the breaking news, the death toll on this Monday night, now at 99. And Hawaii's governor tells CBS News that the number could rise dramatically by 10 to 20 per day. And that's because hundreds are still missing. Well, today, FEMA bringing in teams of cadaver dogs from the mainland. It is still so hot here that the dogs have to take breaks to cool down before resuming this difficult and somber work. The scope of the damage is unimaginable. And there are reports tonight that fire hydrants ran out of water as crews raced to fight the blaze. We have team coverage, but we are going to start at ground zero, the historic town of Lahaina. The area is closed to the public, but we got a firsthand look at why the heart of this community is hurting so deeply. Our visit to Lahaina, once home to 13,000 people, now a desolate ruin. This is just unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's like an ashen moonscape. Look at how much every single house with every single tree and it goes on like this for block after block after block look look at these cars they are still searching these neighborhoods the scope of the damage unfathomable with authorities searching for more than 1300 people still missing you can see that the national guard has most of these blocks roped off National Guard making sure that nobody comes in these areas that have been just decimated. The recovery just beginning as 12 more cadaver dogs arrive to help comb through the rubble.
6: The dogs can only work 15 minutes at a time and then they overheat because there still are embers burning. I mean, it's very hot down there still. They covered 3% of the territory yesterday. There are more fatalities that will come.
2: Hawaii Governor Josh Green describes the wildfire as a fire hurricane, reaching temperatures of 1,000 degrees. Fueled by over 80 mile per hour winds and tearing through more than 2,000 buildings,
6: they find the remains of people and just ash. It's or? almost entirely ash. It's so, so delicate that when we pick up our loved one that's gone, wow. they, um, the, you know, they fall apart.
2: And for many families, the waiting and the unknown is the worst part. We traveled with volunteers by fishing boat, bringing supplies to the hardest-hit part of Lahaina. This is the Pali Highway that has actually been shut down, only open to emergency vehicles. So that's why we're taking this fishing boat out to Lahaina. And residents have requested fire extinguishers, so they're on this boat as well to be delivered to people because there are still some fires and flames that are erupting. On land we met Rob Owen who escaped the flames but lost his home.
4: My house is gone. It is right down just beyond the smokestack. It's just rubble down there. Smoke and ash.
2: This island is no stranger to wildfires, but this
4: was different. You got little fire tornadoes going off and it was just mayhem.
2: What does that fire tornado look like?
4: Um that's just it just flames spinning you know
2: and the fire moved quickly engulfing the town with no warning as questions mount about why the 80 outdoor sirens stayed silent what about when people said there was only one way out
4: I can't say there's one way out, but I can say that the exit was always changing because power lines are still coming down Mm -hmm. and cars are getting trapped and have to reverse and go back out. So everyone's kind of weaving through neighborhoods and trying to dodge trees. You see the aerial footage, you can see the cars all this way. And so they went with it and the fire jumped to the other side and people got trapped in the middle. And those are a lot of the people that had to like, they're breathing the smoke and they had to just jump into the ocean at that point swim you know
2: almost one week later the emotion for owen is still raw
4: my stuff that's lost i'm i'm fine with that Um, but it's the the kids and the older people that were stuck in the housing it's hard to think about you know they didn't really have a warning to get out didn't have any time to get out either you know
2: And that is the concern, that people didn't have any time to get out. We are just learning from the governor that the first 80 confirmed deaths in Lahaina were found in their cars or in the water. And of course, there are these growing questions about how this tragedy happened, how an entire town was nearly wiped out. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti has been doing new reporting all week long. And I know you have some new information for us tonight.
6: Nora, I, I spoke with, with the fire, fire chief who confirms the sirens did not go off. And believe this, the fire hydrants actually ran out of water. How this happened is still unclear tonight. But what we do know, so many people had to self-evacuate. And by the time they chose to do so, it was too late. Before the flames, there were warning signs as 80 mile per hour winds whiplashed power lines.
0: Hey, heads up, the line is live on the ground right there.
6: For several hours, Hawaii officials did not shut down the power or stage fire crews out of caution. Soon, the fire sparked, then exploded, the flames spreading a mile a minute, all while warning sirens sat silent. Investigators are trying to determine if power lines caused the fire. Let's go. Amid the ashes, there is anger. Could a few extra minutes have given residents a chance to flee before the fire engulfed Lahaina? We've spoken with so many survivors who say there were no evacuations issued, no text alerts, the sirens didn't go off, and even fire hydrants didn't have water. How did so much go so wrong? I can't speak to a lot of those parts. Uh, They're not parts of our department. Oh, my God. Today, FEMA confirmed there was an issue impacting water supply to the hydrants. All as the search continues for the missing. The task overwhelming. They've only covered 3% of this massive disaster zone. With so many still missing, there is a Google Doc to help locate residents. Over 5,000 names, most found, but hundreds are still unaccounted for. For Lahaina residents who got out safely, roadblocks are preventing them from returning.
7: I feel the anger and the angst that people want to go home. Everyone wants to go home There are so many of our friends and family that never left.
6: And FEMA is asking family members to now submit DNA samples. Only two of the victims have been identified so far. It is a process nor we're told could take several months.
2: So sensitive and painstaking. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you so much. Now getting food and supplies to those who need it in most in Lahaina is another challenge facing this island. But that's not slowing down the efforts of hundreds of volunteers. They are all pitching in, trying to help their neighbors. Reporter Rudabe Shabazi from our CBS Los Angeles station shows us tonight how this
5: close-knit community is really pulling together. At docks back. across the island, it's all hands on deck. Small armies of Maui residents are working in brigade lines, loading boats with emergency supplies that are being shipped to Maui's hardest-hit areas.
7: There is immense frustration.
5: Some residents we talked to say the government response has not come fast enough.
7: We're still loading up our, our personal vehicles right now to go to parts of the community that have not seen federal, state or county employees.
5: Meanwhile, relief workers are moving tons of supplies by sea, air and land.
6: We get water, we get food, we get toilet paper.
5: Those essentials are going to thousands of people now staying in shelters or hotels. Kamuela Ka'akoa, his girlfriend and their six-year-old son, are now living in a parking lot. It's
0: all we got now is our car and our belongings inside of it, you know.
5: Organizers say the supplies have been coming in nonstop, and they are quickly working to sort, organize, and deliver them. For some survivors, the need is even greater.
1: So I said, well, if I'm going to (laughs) die, I'm going to do it here.
5: Three years ago, Ty Hofer says he learned he has an incurable disease and he moved to Lahaina hoping to live out his remaining days in peace. I mean, what more do you want from
1: me? I can't give you anything else. You've taken everything from me.
5: And the donations continue to pour in at this church behind me. Hawaiians locals on the ground jumped into action immediately. They have a long tradition of helping themselves. And many of them tell me they weren't going to wait for the government to save them. Nora.
2: I heard that too. Ruta Bay Shabazi, thank you so much. Well, one of those providing relief is longtime Maui resident Oprah Winfrey who today promised a major donation after all of the smoke and ash have settled. She's not just providing aid, but also emotional support, visiting people in some of the hardest hit areas. CBS's Tony DeColpo joined Oprah outside a shelter to meet those who have lost everything except hope.
3: We find her at the entrance of the biggest evacuee shelter in Maui County, still home to a 1,000 people and where Oprah has been quietly visiting survivors. She wants us to hear some of the stories she's been hearing. And since cameras aren't allowed inside, we find a spot to, to talk, talk to just outside the fence. If we were inside, what would we see? We
5: would see people with all of their worldly possessions in, you know, like a small garbage
7: bag.
3: She introduced oh, us first to Kanani Adolfo, who despite losing some of her own family, has been a volunteer here from the very first night.
7: I'm just a volunteer. I'm a nobody. I'm just part of the public. This is my colony. I'm born and raised You're here. You're a big somebody, Don't I'm, say I'm never leaving.
3: Next, Oprah returned with two sisters both feeling lucky to be alive
5: six hours and the water we jumped to the ocean because we trapped.
3: they have nine family members in all inside the shelter and yet every time i've seen you and your family your spirits are still so high you all seem you, you seem so okay
5: you know it's so sad no more memories all everything we left all only in the heart it's all that we bring in and finally
3: julius
4: what happened here
3: He says he heard his skin popping in the heat as he ran.
7: At that moment, while I'm running, because I cannot see anything. It's all black. I so thought I'm going to die.
3: He started praying, and then an opening.
7: You ran, and this.
3: you prayed, and you made it. You're so You're good. seem like you don't realize it yet, but you're here. You're, you're good. Here. You've made it through. Uh, Aloha spirit is about community
1: and about family, and we've seen this here in ways that you know most people never get
3: to imagine. Another of the evacuees in the shelter behind me told me although she's lost her house, she plans to pitch a tent and restart her garden just as soon as humanly possible. Nora, that's what people mean here when they say the aloha spirit can rebuild the world.
2: I felt it. Tony DeCoppo, thank you so much. And for those wanting to help the victims and the recovery effort here on Maui, you can go to cbsnews.com slash help Maui for more information. You know, residents we spoke with are concerned that they could be hit by more storms just at a time when they're still trying to assess the true scope of this disaster. So let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. So, Chris... How could these additional storms impact this area?
6: Nora, there are a couple of areas we're watching in the Pacific uh,
0: that eventually could bring some gusty winds to Hawaii. Now, this one right here, Tropical Storm Greg, is going to go well to the south. This one, by early next week, Hurricane Fernanda could bring some gusty winds. However, what's different, last week there's a big area of high pressure really increasing those trade winds. Could be some gusty winds with Fernanda. Meanwhile, some strong gusty winds and some hail with the severe weather that's possible continuing to flare up this evening. And once again, the possibility, Nora, for more severe weather will be back from the southeast to the northeast tomorrow.
2: Chris, thank you very much. The other big story today, another looming indictment for Donald Trump. There are signs a Georgia grand jury investigating the former president is moving faster than expected. A number of key witnesses testifying today included the former lieutenant governor of Georgia. CBS's Nicole Killian is at the courthouse with
5: new details. One by one, witnesses arrived at the Fulton County Courthouse today as District Attorney Fannie Willis moved quickly to present evidence to a grand jury about alleged interference in Georgia's 2020 election by former President Trump and his allies. Former Republican Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan testified a day earlier than expected. Former Democratic State Senator Jen Jordan also gave testimony. She attended a legislative hearing at the state capitol in December 2020 when Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani gave a presentation. What raised a red flag to you? So the whole idea that there were just ballots and cars being driven in and out and suitcases and people were, were trying to overthrow the election and how crazy... Everything they talked about that wasn't, was abnormal to them could be explained away very simply in terms of how elections are run in Georgia. You think there could be multiple indictments? I think
4: there'll be multiple defendants indicted.
5: Michael Moore is a former U.S. attorney and says Willis could pursue racketeering charges given the sprawling nature of the case.
4: You don't see it in the political arena, but here I think she's going to
7: do that.
5: Tonight, there are signs a charging decision could be imminent since the presiding judge in this case has not left the courthouse yet. Nora?
2: Nicole Killian, thank you. A former NFL player whose adoption inspired an Oscar-nominated movie now says that story is a lie. We'll have the details next.
7: Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Plus, you'll know what to tackle next, because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today.
4: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way?
2: Nestle is recalling two batches of its chocolate chip cookie dough break-and-bake bar after customers complained they contained wood chips. Nestle says no illnesses are linked to the recalled dough. The products were produced on April 24th and 25th and distributed to stores nationwide. The enduring beauty of this tropical paradise in both the landscape and the people, that's next. We wanna end tonight right where we started, right here in Maui. On every street, every corner of hard hit Lahaina, we saw the heartbreak and the loss. But one resident said something that stuck with us. The beauty here is indestructible. We saw it in the rainbows in the mountains, a common sight on the island, a sign of hope. We saw it in the aloha spirit, ohana, family, helping one another, These two little boys hugging after one of them said he was sad and felt like crying. A reminder that even in the worst moments of life, a friend can make everything better. And we see it every night with the most spectacular sunsets. And with every sunset comes a sunrise, a new beginning for a community just starting to grasp the difficult road ahead. But a road they won't have to travel alone. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For all of us at CBS News, I'm Nora O'Donnell in Maui. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.